Listeners, welcome back to 94 by 50 Basketball. Um, we're without Coach Sully today as he's starting the his soccer season and getting into the groove of that. But as always, here with Max on uh, less than 48 hours away from the tip of the opening round. We've got some play-in games tonight for the basketball tournament, uh, NCAA basketball tournament. How are you feeling, Max? Oh, I'm great. You know, it's the most wonderful time of the year. Um, I believe that we're both working from home Thursday and Friday, which is a real blessing. Um, yeah, we want to thank, uh, send thanks to Coach Sullivan for joining the podcast. Um, we got a lot of really good messages about him and a couple bad, and we take those in consideration too. Um, yeah. And, we'll, you know, we'll think about it before having him back on the podcast, but we do thank him for his uh, you know, breakdowns of everything, but so excited. It's the best time of the year, Matthew. I, yeah. Let's get into it. Why don't we? The bracket yeah. is set. Yeah. The bracket is set. We have four number one seeds, uh, Alabama, Houston, Purdue, and Kansas. Um, we'll get into each region talking about our upset picks, our final four predictions, games and players and teams to look out for all of that um but first we just want to talk about the the controversy that inevitably occurs um who the last four teams in are who the first four out are did the committee make the right decision so max i'll turn it to you first last four in are pittsburgh arizona state nevada mississippi state First four out are Oklahoma State, Rutgers, UMC, Clemson. What did the committee get right with those teams? What did they get wrong? Um, I mean, honestly, I'm going to maybe let you take a little bit more on this one because these teams, sure. I've seen a lot of college basketball, but a lot of these teams I haven't like watched a ton of. I know that Nevada, they got in most mostly because of their uh, non-conference schedule. I don't have it offhand who they beat, but I know that that really came into play and they didn't really have any like bad blemishes um, where, and this is something I do know, you know, whereas we talked to Rutgers, which I think we can both talk about as I think one of the biggest snubs, very surprising um, thought everyone seemed to think they did enough um, after beating Michigan at the big 10 tournament. I was there. They passed my eye test and, um, they have a lot of, you know, veteran players, some young guns, but ultimately uh, they're headed to play in the NIT tonight. And uh, Nevada, with the strength of their non-conference, and the one thing I want to remind, you know, UMK and our listeners with Rutgers, they did just lose to Minnesota a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And Minnesota is bad this year. And so when it comes to two teams in the non-conference are okay, and one team has a terrible loss and one team doesn't, it seems like that might have made the difference in that scenario. Yeah, so Nevada, or let's just look at it real quick here. So Nevada is um, no horrible losses, 11-2 and two in quad three, 3-0 three and oh in quad four. Um, they've... Their quad one wins are Boise State, Utah State, uh, San Diego State, and New Mexico. Um, Rutgers obviously has some great wins over Purdue um, as the most notable one, but but also some bad losses. And also 
and also de- dealing with some injuries. They've been down a key player in the past couple of weeks. Uh, they have a loss to Nebraska on their resume as well. <clears throat> Unfortunately, I, I was surprised. I think maybe it was also a situation where maybe the bracketologist kind of had them a little bit higher and wasn't taking into consideration the yeah. lows as opposed to kind of how their overall looked, you know. Um, but that that was a surprise. And um, it, to me, they are a tournament team, but you, you can't have – blemishes like that so i don't know did you want to highlight any of the other teams of this here yeah um, um the two teams that i would put against each other are clemson and north carolina state um mm. there's a lot of different metrics you could go by to judge how worthy a team is you could look at you know quad one wins net ranking uh strength of schedule i think the most objective way to compare two teams who have Um, pretty similar resumes is head-to-head if they've played each other and Clemson swept North Carolina during or North Carolina State during the regular season Um, they just beat them on a neutral floor in the ACC tournament by 26 so that was one I didn't quite get Um, yes Clemson had some bad losses but they they showed throughout the season that they were superior to a team who had a similar resume but got in over them. Uh, that was that was the one question mark I had. I mean, yeah, that, that's interesting. I didn't see a whole ton of Clemson, but, you know, I keep yeah. up with scores and records and stuff. I do gamble some and so kind of keep up with these things. And they seem to be pretty safely in all season. And that's kind of how I felt about Pittsburgh, too. I'm honestly surprised they were so close to getting out. They always seem like they're having a pretty solid team, you know, or season won some games they shouldn't have. Um, yeah. But, yeah, you're, uh, you've are you got the numbers on them. Um, another one I did want to highlight before we go into the full bracket is um, Wisconsin. Uh, I know it's not – there's not much to say right now, but just they were one of the – you know, they were hanging around for most of the season despite a rocky finish because of their great – or very solid um, – you know, uh, non-conference season. And now we have a uh, Tuesday night with three Big Ten teams in the NIT tonight, Wisconsin versus Bradley. And then we've got uh, Michigan and Rutgers playing too. So I don't know. I want to let you take any minute there on the NIT or. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I hope, I hope for all those teams sake, uh, especially Wisconsin being a partial fan that they can end on the high. I don't think the Badgers deserve to get in. I don't think you could rationalize their inclusion in the field of 68. Um, they had some some good quad one wins uh, over Marquette, USC, Iowa twice, uh, Penn State, who are all tournament teams, but, but as you mentioned, uh, really struggled down the stretch and didn't have back-to-back wins since early January. So... Um, I, again, hopefully they can find a little groove with the NIT and end on a high going into, into the off season. Um, we do have, we were talking about the last four in, we do have a couple play in games tonight too. Uh, maybe before we get into the regions, um, we can talk about, uh, we can talk about those, um, yes, it's- against Pittsburgh, Arizona state against Nevada. One of those is tonight. One of those is tomorrow night. I'll have to check which is which, but any strong feelings or thoughts on either of those games? Not really, honestly. 
Okay. I'm, I'm not one to lie to my listeners and Fair. You know, our listeners. And I, I just, to me, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm going to wait. I'm going to be watching. I'm going to see, haven't really seen them play too much. Um, okay. I, I, but I expect them to be fun games and, and depending on, you know, how these go, it will be interesting to see because there is seemingly maybe an advantage of getting one game under your belt at these stadiums, you know? Oh yeah. I mean, I think every game. year since we've had the first four, a winner of a first four game has also won their first round game. Uh, well, and, yeah, and we've had some victory. other crazier runs like, you know, UCLA a couple of years ago, Michigan yep. State. So yep. there's some. Um, yeah, I, I'll be watching for sure. I don't have much going in, though. Yeah. One thing to note is um, and we'll get into this more, but Arizona State and Nevada, the winner of that game will be playing at altitude in Denver. Both those teams uh, play at altitude in their home arena. So that could be an advantage for them uh for for whoever makes it to the to the first round but let's get started breaking down the regions um let's start with with the south where we have uh alabama as the number one overall seed and i'll defer to you first on upset picks and games to watch in this in this region who you think will make it out who will disappoint players to look out for who we could see uh playing in the nba in future years yeah, I mean, we got to start off. Number one, Alabama. They've done everything right on the court and had an insane, insane season off the court. Um, I think there's a lot of things to question in. I don't really want to get into the whole situation because it's tragic. Um, and I think there's a lot of like kind of ethical questions around should this kid be playing? Mm-hmm. But if we're looking at the basketball side of things, Alabama's done everything right. They've been on a tear lately. They've been winning huge games and they've been winning them pretty soundly. They destroyed the rest of the conference in the tournament. Uh, Brandon Miller looks like the real deal. I mean, as a basketball player, he is pretty insane to watch. He's an absolute star and he's got a lot of it very great talent around them like Quinterly's another player who I, I really like to watch a lot um so this this team's very deserving of the number one spot um and I saw something that they were like plus 170 to get out of the region to make the final four so the majority of the money in this bracket is definitely on Alabama and that's something I did want to highlight for this um but um, going in, the other two that I think have are interesting, Arizona, there's there's a lot of fun stuff around there. I can let you get into them a little bit. And then um, the other team I really wanted to highlight, though, is Creighton. Um, they're coming in as a six seed. They're playing NC State, who you uh, highlighted their resume for us. Um, Creighton, you look at their record, it's 21 and 12. Um, not that great but that's because they had a lot of injuries and this team, their starting five is crazy. It can match up with every team. Their starting five is a one seed. You know, they've got um, Nimhard, who's a great point guard. brings up the ball, great lead guard. Shireman, who last year was a, you know, a, a tournament darling um, with, I believe it was South Dakota state and transferred there. Mm. Um, this team is sick. And it depends on, you know, the rest of the team. But um, 
or the, the, the bench and like foul trouble and all that. But that's the team I would look out for. That's the dark house, dark horse in that region. Yeah. You mentioned Arizona. Um, I haven't seen too much of them living on the East coast and they're always, they always have late West coast tips, but um Big team starts a 6'11 player, Azulis Tabellis, a seven footer, and Umar Balo. Um, so they're a great rebounding, shot blocking team, 13th in rebound rate. Um, I expect them to get by Princeton easily. Uh, Princeton was a little bit of a surprise in getting the automatic Ivy League bid. Most people expected that to be Yale. Um, another game I would look out for that I think will be interesting is Furman, the 13 seed against Virginia, the four, um, Virginia, we know likes to play a slow, deliberate pace, uh, averages 67.8 points per game. Furman likes to get up and down averages 82 points per game. Uh, Virginia is also missing a key post player. Uh, ben Vanderplas, who's a senior who transferred in this year, he broke his hand, so he'll be out. Um, for, yeah, Furman likes to play fast pace, shoot a lot of threes. So I think if Furman can get off to an early lead, uh, Virginia may lack the firepower to come back. So that's, that's a team who I would say, uh, in Virginia is on upset watch in the first round. Nice. I, I like that. And I'd actually go, uh, one because Virginia, I could definitely see it. And Furman's a great team. Um, I'm looking the X factor in that one to me is uh, Armand Franklin from Virginia because he is someone who actually has that potential for firepower, someone who can heat up. He played at Indiana before. He's someone who some games can just drop like seven threes on you and you just can't stop him. So that would be something they're going to need because, like you said, um, they, they are missing. Vanderplas was a really key player for them. Um, I'm going to go one game up above that to Charleston versus San Diego State. Um, I I'm looking at that 12-5 matchup. We know how, you know, those go every year. That's the one I'm probably circling. Charleston is 31-3 and three for a reason. That team is no joke. Yeah, and if we're, you talk we're ranked about, on and off throughout the season as well. Yeah, and if you talk about that Virginia-Furman game being a little dicey, I would I would not be surprised. I'm not saying I'm picking in every bracket of mine. But I would not be surprised to see Charleston in the Sweet 16. Um, the other one I want to shout out, Mizzou. They're our biggest rival, but, you know, they're they're pretty fun to watch. I like Kobe Brown a lot. I think he'll be in the NBA. He's like 6'10", um, can, can do a lot of fun moves around the basket and can hit some jumpers and step backs and can has a pretty good clip from beyond the arc. Uh, Tubelis, you mentioned from Arizona, another big guy, so talented, so fast. So that I think it's going to be Missouri and Arizona. Utah State's had a good year. I still think Missouri's going to take it. I'm looking for that Missouri-Arizona game to be fun. Arizona ultimately take it. The only other thing I wanted to highlight, and then I'll let you go, finish this out is um Baylor they're they're the three seed they don't feel like the Baylor of the last couple years I don't think they're gonna be upset by Santa Barbara there but that's where I'm looking at Creighton I think um, makes it a sweet 16 and but ultimately out of this I'm gonna say either Arizona or Alabama's probably coming out but don't sleep on Creighton no I like that Creighton pick a lot um or that Creighton as the team to look out for. Um, real quick on Maryland, since they're a Big Ten representative, um, yep. I do think they can beat West Virginia. 
Maryland's struggle this year has been playing away from home. Um, I think only one Big Ten win away from College Park. Um, but they have talent of a team that's a, high, a seed higher than an eight. And so if they can harness that talent, get in the right mindset on this neutral floor against West Virginia, I do think they're capable of beating them um, and actually giving Alabama a little bit of trouble too. Um, like you, I, I like Arizona and Alabama to play in the Elite Eight. Um, my pick would be Arizona to represent this region in the Final Four. Well, I'm going to say my pick's Creighton. Cause mm, okay. I'm just going to be honest um, and just go with it because it's hard not to. Why not, you know? Um, this is going to be my crazy one. I think, yeah, that's my pick. Shout out the Blue Jays. Go Blue Jays. Shall we move to the Midwest? Let's do the Midwest. Um, <clears throat> listeners, if you're looking at your bracket while you're listening, we're going uh, left to right across the top. In the Midwest, Houston is the number one seed. They'll be playing in Birmingham uh, in the first round. Uh, Texas is the two, playing in Des Moines. We've got Indiana and Iowa's Big Ten representatives in this bracket. Uh, Max, your And take. Penn State. And Penn State. Thank you. Also a very Iowa-heavy region. We've got Iowa, Drake, and Iowa State all in this region. Um, sure do. Yeah. So, again, just early reaction to this. Uh, teams, games to look out for. Yeah, so um, I'll be straight up. Uh, every year I look at the bracket when it comes out and I just make a bracket immediately. Um, and that's the only bracket I've made so far this year. And I had Houston going all the way. Um, Marcus Sasser is dealing with a groin injury. He didn't play against Memphis. They kind of got run out the gym. But at the same time, like I, that doesn't seem to mean that much to Houston right now. That They're in fully like national championship or bust mode. Um, this team is so good. Marcus Sasser's the real deal. He should be back because he was – they're not going to need him the first round. I honestly don't think they need him the second round. Houston, I think, is the real deal. They're my pick first and foremost to get out of it. Um, looking at Iowa, I do think that Iowa-Auburn is going to be a really, really fun game. Um, and once they get going, it's going to be just fireworks. And I do think Iowa can win um, the first game there, but I just think Houston is a little bit too much for them. Uh, do you want to take a couple others, MK? Yeah, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued by this Drake and Miami game. Um, my brother and sister-in-law both went to Drake. I've learned a little bit about this team from them. Um, they have the size of a high major team, really good rebounding team um experienced team with a lot of seniors their best player um is a guy who's the coach's son tucker devries who turned down um, some high major offers to play for his dad so i think they could give miami trouble um and that's another you know classic 12-5 matchup where um the 12 will be will be a trendy pick um Xavier to me is a team to look out for with Sean Miller back there after leaving Arizona amid controversy. Um, Iowa State's a really inconsistent team that had some really good wins and also some bad losses. Uh, and they'll be playing the winner of Mississippi State and Pitt. Um, 
again, just because of the success that first four teams have had with advancing to the round of 32. I think uh, Iowa State is a team to look out for that could get upset early. Um, and I like what Texas has has done a lot. Um, we talked about Alabama's off the court controversy. Um, Texas has dealt with that too, with Chris Beard um, being accused of domestic violence and getting fired. So they've had an interim coach for most of the season, but have played really well um, and are going into the postseason as a hot team and and Big Twelve champs. Yeah, Texas is great. I mean, honestly, that's one of the reasons Illinois was like safely in this tournament, or else uh, Sunday would have been a lot crazier. Was their win over Texas and UCLA? They've really put it together at the end of the year. They have big guards. Um, they're a lot of fun, great slashing team, and they're very well put together. And they really did ride the storm and have come back. So that is impressive. Um, the Miami Drake game's gonna be fun. Uh, Miami, you know, down low, Drake actually definitely has the advantage and can go to work. It's gonna depend. You know, they say March Madness is about guards, and one thing Miami does have one of the best duos in the backcourt in the country. Um, Isaiah Wong from last year's Miami run, and then Nigel Pack, one of the best uh, point guard transfers in the portal this year, uh, pretty much was could have walked anywhere he wanted to, uh, chose Miami. And that team's another team that had some uh, wins or, or losses earlier on, but kind of found their way. But they do play in close games, and they sometimes don't play a full 40. That will be interesting. Um, going forward, I just want to highlight the Penn State-Texas A&M game. Penn State's probably my second favorite team of the year. I love what Jalen Pickett has done, and I do so hope fun that to they watch. can get so fun to watch. The team is so well put together. Shrewsbury, big shouts to him, you know, has really turned this program around very quickly. Um, they're clearly just a team that's playing with so much confidence, and he's drawing up such great plays. Um, yeah, at Texas A&M, I think you'd be pissed after the way they finished out. A seven seed seems kind of low for them. Um, I mean, you look up Xavier's 25-9, and nine, same record. Texas A&M had – anyway, not going to get too into it, um, but that's a rough draw. That'll be a great game. I don't know if Penn State can get past Texas. I'm not going to choose that in a bracket, but you never know. That team is a lot of fun. Um, so I think coming out of this, like I said, I think it's going to be Houston and Texas. I'm taking Houston. Um, but I do want to say I have Indiana going to at least the Sweet 16, um, which I'm not sure I have many Big Ten teams at all doing that. I think Indiana can get there. Very good. Um, I like I like Penn State a lot, too. Really enjoyed watching Pickett throughout the Big Ten tournament. Um, I actually think both they and te Texas A&M could be a little bit underseeded. Um, or Penn State is not just a one-man team, though. I like what Lundy can do a lot. Uh, Funk and Winter are all scorers as well to support Pickett. Um, I would like to see them make a run uh, for the Big Ten. That'd be cool. Um, I've, I've gone back and forth on this region. Right now I have Iowa and Xavier in the Elite Eight uh, with both wow. Texas and Houston uh, losing a little bit early on um, with Xavier advancing to the Final Four. But, uh, listeners, I make no promises. That's, that's uh, tentative at this point. I love it, though. That'd be some real yeah. March Madness. 
let's uh, let's go to the east, um, where Purdue is the number one seed, um, maybe the weakest number one seed. Some would say um, Marquette is the number two. Uh, they've had a, a great season, kind of came out of nowhere, uh, led by Shaka Smart. We have Kansas State as the number three. Tennessee is the number four. Duke, who's playing really well, is the number five. Uh, those are the top five seeds in that region. What reaches or what sticks out to you here, Max? Yeah, I mean, we just got to start with number one, Purdue. Um, they, I mean, twenty nine and five in this Big Ten, which was just an absolute gauntlet. They definitely like brought put themselves above everyone else. But at the same time, you know, there there some of their losses came towards the end of the season. There's certain uh strategies that we started to see kind of work efficiently against Purdue. You know, Illinois was able to do a 24 point comeback in the second half to tie the game with a minute, ended up losing. Uh Penn State almost snuck back at them. Rutgers had a shot at them. Uh, you know, they lost to Wisco in a close game or barely beat Wisco in a close game. So this team isn't, um, un, you know, they're, they're not invincible. But when you have someone like Zach Eady, it's, you know, it is way too much for the 16 seed. But um, I know that people are looking at that 8-9 and a lot of people are picking Memphis. A lot of people are picking them to beat Purdue. I'm not sure I'd go there yet, but I wanted to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, first of all, that 8-9 game is is intriguing. Um, Florida Atlantic is a team that had a great season. I've heard people suggest they're underseeded as a 9. Um, it kind of reminds me of the, I think it was the Murray State-San Francisco game last year, which I think was a 7-10 matchup. And um, people wanted to see both teams advance as, as really good mid-majors. Um, I like yeah. Memphis to win. I, I think they have a ton of talent and they were integrating freshmen and transfers. So it took a little bit of time for them to get it right, but they, uh, beat Houston handily, um, in their conference tournament. They shoot the three. Well, um, they're waiting to see if, uh, Keontae Kennedy, who's a good three point shooter, uh, will return for the tournament after a broken hand. Um, his presence could be key if they play Purdue, who uh, struggles to shoot from three. But if if Purdue gets behind, they're going to need to rely on the three-point shot more rather than just feeding Edie inside. I think, to me, the key is if you can figure out how to defend Edie uh, and keep him out of the paint and keep him off the free throw line, Purdue is very beatable. I see a big drop-off in their team after Edie, who is admittedly great, but, um, you know, their other key players or other high scores are both freshmen um, and are, are untested in this setting. Um, so I do like Memphis to, to beat Purdue. Yeah. I mean, it, it is possible. I don't know. Uh, we'll see. I haven't watched enough uh, Memphis to honestly have too much of a, you know, point there, but I know from kind of what I have seen them play, they, they're athletic. And I think that is the way to beat Purdue. You double Edie, you put the pressure on, you try and speed him and the other players up. They have very talented freshman guards, but they are freshman guards. So anything's possible. I, I don't have, you know, Purdue coming out of this one, honestly, this, this season. So 
We'll see how far they make it, though. Um, Any other yeah. games in this region you want to highlight? Uh, Duke Oral Roberts, for sure. I think Duke's really been coming on lately. They had a great finish to their season. I'm really excited for um, my guy, Grandison. I mean, that's a great college career to get Big Ten title, Big Ten tournament title, ACC title, ACC tournament title. That's pretty awesome. Um, yeah, so that's super cool. But I'd be worried if I were them going up to play Oral Roberts. You've got the massive seven-foot-five center, and you have Admus who took over the tournament a couple years ago and is still there. Yeah. Um, that team looks scary to me. And Duke, just like with Purdue, is relying on a lot of freshmen who have not been there before. And while I'm excited for Grandison and for young, you know, the Big Ten transfers who are there, they didn't get a ton of time. They're the most experienced players. So I'm looking at that Duke game of, if you know a couple of those freshmen miss a couple of their first shots or get a couple of fouls, it starts to get interesting there. I think. Um, and uh, same with Tennessee too. I, I could see that. It, I could see an Oral Roberts Purdue Sweet Sixteen, and that's what I'm hoping for. Um, besides that, uh, I'm really into Marquette. I think they're the real deal this year. Um, I think they're going to be really tough to beat. The style they play is such a tournament thing they kind of have waves at you um can they keep up the pressure for a whole tournament you know shaka's done it before he's proven he's a great tournament coach and if you look at his path uh vermont's good but they're not a you know they're they're not on the same level usc's not as great this year michigan state does not have the depth kansas state's been lower lately providence kentucky are not as good as they were a year ago I'm looking at Marquette to push this, and that's my pick to come out of the the bracket there. I'm with you. Uh, I, yeah, I really like this draw for Shaka, who, uh, shout out to Dane County, grew up uh, near where we did in Oregon, Wisconsin, and returned home to coach in his home state at Marquette. Um, yeah, they're a really tested team, beat Creighton home and away. Um two and three against Xavier, or excuse me, uh, two and one against Xavier. Um, their worst loss is at home to Wisconsin, uh, 13 and five in quads one and two. Um, Which kept Wisconsin in the picture for so long. Right, right. Like it, was, it was what the Badgers it, clutched on I wanted to highlight that. <laughs> like, it yeah. kept, like, Wisconsin, we kept having the thing, like, Wisconsin needs this one. And then it'd be like, damn. And then you'd look and they were still first four out, you know, like they just kept that yep. win. So, yep. Yeah. Um, but no, you, you mentioned the style they play. Um, this really tenacious defensive style, focusing on steals and tip passes, uh, high press defensively, which is something Shaka kind of trademarked at, at VCU and has, has now brought it to Marquette. Um, yeah, I really like them. As, uh, as the team to come out of this region and, and represent uh, the Midwest in the final four. All right. So we agree on one. We agree on one, or excuse me, represent the East in the final four. Um, listeners, let's take a quick break and then we'll uh, break down our final region, which is the West.
All right, guys, welcome back. So we've been through three regions. Uh, let's just recap for you where we're at. Uh, in the south, Max has Creighton as the final four team. I have Arizona. In the Midwest, uh, Max has Houston as the final four team. Uh, and I have Xavier. And then in the East, uh, we agree on Marquette as the final four team. Um, before we get to the final region, which is the West, uh, Max, would you like to hear your final four predictions from last year? I would. Okay. That's awesome. So I'll say it's going to be Gonzaga, Illinois, Kansas, Purdue. All right. There you go. Gonzaga, Illinois, Kansas, Purdue. So um, I got one of them right? Yeah, Kansas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who was the champion, to be fair? To be uh, fair. But that's that's a good segue. So we've got Illinois as the nine seed in this region. Break it all down for me. How are you feeling about that matchup against Arkansas and then their, uh, this West region as a whole? Yeah, so it's very interesting, Matthew. Um, something I talked about and I am interested in a little bit, I, I wanted to know – Illinois seemed to be more of a 10 line. We saw that, you know, we talked about Penn State being a little underseated um, as the 10 and Illinois as the nine. They were three and zero against us. Um, but ultimately, um, this is a pretty fun matchup. I'll start with Illinois. Um, we're playing Arkansas. And it's funny when you hear about people talk about this team. There's a ton of talent. They're really bad at shooting threes. They haven't really figured it out. They can beat anybody one day and can lose to anybody the next. So very similar teams going into this, but they do have two um, potential lottery picks. Um, Arkansas does. Arkansas does, yeah. yeah. Top 10 picks right now projected. And Nick Smith, who was the number one overall prospect um, coming out of college this year, um, sorry, number one out of high school as a college. Um, yeah. And he was hurt for a lot of the season and he's back now. Um, this team's very good. They're going to want to uh, run it fast. They are going to want to dunk all over us. And I think that's what it's going to come down to. And which is a little bit scary. Um, who can control the ball? Who is not going to let the other team get out on, you know, onto fast breaks. And then who, one hits at least six threes. They're both so bad, and six seems like such a low number. But I'm telling you, if we can get to six or seven threes, we'll probably win. And then free throws, obviously, too. But ultimately, uh, a, an interesting, tough draw, but one that Illinois, I think, ultimately deserves because we had a lot of chances to help ourselves out, and we did not. Um, and we're playing in Des Moines. It's going to be – there's going to be a lot of fans there. Um, and then if we were to somehow go through Kansas or Arkansas, then we play, you take the AR off and we're playing Kansas. Um, and you've got the matchup there with Bill Self, our former coach, this team we scrimmaged preseason this year. Uh, supposedly we won by the whisper network. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but would at least we've played them. We know what they look like and uh, know how they play. So, We'll see. I'm a believer. I've got Illinois uh, going in the uh, – oh. I, 
I've got Illinois coming out of this region. <laughs> he did it. He did it. Yep. That's all I'll say. I, I don't know how much further they're going to go. But once we beat Arkansas, we're coming in with no pressure against Kansas. I, this team, we have Matt Meyer and TSJ, two bona fide stars. They can go be so broke, but they can be so good. If they put their heads down, get to the basket, if they get out to a fast start, to be the underdogs, I would not want to play this Illini team as an underdog. This year has always been about the tournament and nothing else. We've won the Big Ten title. We've won the Big Ten tournaments. That's what this year has been about, and it's been ugly a lot of times this year. So as the true homer I am, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt that they've been kind of like NBA teams, not really caring that much till it fully, fully counts. If they can get through Arkansas and Kansas, I don't see why they can't beat UCLA again or Gonzaga. So there's my pitch. Who – so you, you mentioned Meyer. You mentioned Taryn Shannon Jr. Uh, who needs to be that third scorer for Illinois to succeed? Or not necessarily score, but who needs to, to play really well? I mean, I think Coleman Hawkins needs to play just a great game. I think um, he just needs to play smart, not force some things up. I think they're going to end up playing pack line defense and just like that's why I think it ultimately will come down to threes, but also not getting falling in love with the three. But, you know, our big three are those three. Um, Jaden Epps, we'll see. He's coming off the concussion. How much is he back? He's also a little smaller. So, honestly, I guess if you're asking for X factors, I'm going to cheat and say it's the big three of um, – RJ Melendez, Luke Goody, and Ty Rogers, they all play the same position pretty much. They um, all are probably coming off the bench. One of those guys might start, um, but they all have the ability to change the game when it comes to offensive rebounds and hustle plays. Um, and Ty on defense can really make a huge impact. And then RJ and Luke, they were the best players probably last year against Houston mm -hmm. uh, as freshmen. And if they can come in and hit a couple threes, you know, Luke hit, I believe, two or three in the 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 Big Ten championship game. RJ hit one. So they can um, – those are the players I'm looking to. It's really like – and then really the stars need to be stars. Yeah, this game is really a toss-up again for – between two teams that have been pretty inconsistent. I mean, Illinois is like five and four versus the top 25. As you mentioned, some great non-conference wins. UCLA, Texas uh, had some off nights in the Big Ten for sure, but Arkansas has also been inconsistent. Only two and eight versus the top 25. Their numbers are a little bit skewed by Nick Smith's absence, uh, but since he's returned from injury, he's been great, averaging almost 20 points per game. Um, whew, yeah, this is, this is a tough one. Uh, listeners, if you want to watch as well or just you know send thoughts, uh, good vibes, Max's way yeah, uh, during this game. This game is a 4.30 p.m. tip. Uh, not sure if that's Eastern or Central. Could be 4.30 Eastern or 4.30 Central. Um, it's 3.30 Central. 3.30 Central. Uh, Thursday, March 16th in Des Moines, Iowa on TBS. Yep. I, I really think at first I was pretty upset with it. I do think we have a chance. So 
sorry to focus so much on that game. Um, I just want to quickly kind of look at the others. I think Gonzaga's coming in a little more under the radar this year, and I think yeah. they're still very good. Um, Northwestern, always fun to see them in the tournament. That's going to be a tough first-round matchup for them. But I think if they get past it, they could give UCLA, especially with the injury trouble, some real a real matchup. And then um, I'm looking at another, and I can't believe I'm going to say it, but another 12-5 matchup. All four of the five seeds are in some real trouble, IMO, because uh, St. Mary's just got exposed by Gonzaga, and a lot of it had to do with some uh, kind of full-court pressure, and it wasn't even heavy full-court pressure. And they kind of folded, and VCU, due to Shaka Smart, they still play a ton of that same pressure style. Yep. So the whole book's there, and I, I could see – yeah, that could be an issue. A lot of people have UConn as being their darlings of the year, too. Mm. Um, I don't fully see it yet. I know that you like the Iona. Um, what are they, the Gables? The Gales, Gables, yeah, something like that. Oh, yeah, not Gales. a huge Rick Pitino fan, but um, I do think Iona has a shot in this game. Um, it's in Albany, which is cool, because that's geographically near both UConn and Iona. I think Iona could give um, UConn some trouble. I agree with you on St. Mary's being vulnerable, especially against VCU. Um, St. Mary's has a neutral court win against San Diego State. They also have a home win against Gonzaga. That was when before Gonzaga really got going. Um, but besides, and they have a close loss on a neutral Florida Houston. Um, that's kind of their quad one resume. Um, they have a couple bad losses uh, at home uh, to Colorado State is one of them. Um, but, you know, there's not a, to be respectfully to the West Coast Conference after, uh, after Gonzaga and St. Mary's. The competition isn't great. Um, yeah. So that inflates St. Mary's win total a little bit. The, the computers love them. They're 11th in the net um, overall, but, but I don't know if they're for real. Um, I agree with you on that VCU take. Yeah, this is an interesting region. Uh, this region to me has a lot of upset potential. I think Kansas is vulnerable as a one seed too. Uh, Coach Self has, has been hospitalized and hasn't been with the team uh, for the past week or so. Uh, yeah, Northwestern's an interesting team to keep an eye on. They have some talent, um, and I think, as you said, could give UCLA some problems. Who do you like to uh, get out of this region? Well, or but, you already gave us our pick. I'm locked in. He's locked in. Um, yeah, no reconsideration there. Um, I like Gonzaga to get out of this region. Um, I like that pick, to be honest. Yeah, so – Kansas is to me as vulnerable as a one seed. Um, they just got beat by Texas in the Big 12 tournament. UCLA, um, I really like them as a team. I like Jaime Jaquez. I like Tiger Campbell. Um, I like Mick Cronin, the coach. I think that injury will impact them, though. Um, and I think they'll struggle to get by Gonzaga. So I have Gonzaga over Kansas in my Elite Eight with Gonzaga uh, representing this region in the Final Four. All right. I like that to a certain extent. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so that's what we got. Do we want to pick our finalists? Let's do it. 
So uh, for me, it comes down to Creighton versus Marquette. Okay, two Big East teams. I'm going to take Marquette. Very good. And their opponent in the final? Another matchup between Houston and Illy. The magic falters. Houston wins. Mm. Um, I also have Marquette in the championship game uh, against Gonzaga. I think this is a year that Gonzaga, with a little less pressure on them, uh, gets far. I think they have a favorable draw. So I like uh, Marquette to beat Arizona. I like Gonzaga to beat Xavier. Then I have Marquette uh, bringing the trophy back to Milwaukee. All right. I've got Houston in, you know, in their home turf. That's right. Ending the home turf. Winning okay. it all. I love that we have one of the finalists together, though. That's great. And ultimately, I'm not going to be surprised about anything that happens in this tournament. This is going to be a crazy one. It's going to be fun. Yeah, listeners, we make no promises. Uh, no one come telling us that we owe you money because we told you to pick a certain game. That's not what this is about. These are just our picks, what we think could happen. Um, but but the fun will really start when the games start, uh, and we hope to see lots of upsets and, and great basketball. Yeah, we'll, we'll probably check back in uh, come Final Four or sometime around there. So uh, yeah. thank you, listeners. Sometime between now and Illinois' sixth game. Yes, that'll be. We're going to have to check in. We'll all be ready for it. All right, folks. Have a good one. Have a good one.